Very good. That wasn't very loud. How are we doing today? Good, 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 good. Well, my name's Aaron. I'm one of the people that serve here. I'm one of Gabe's friends, too, so he asked me to fill in for him while he's out of town this weekend. So that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to uh, share with you on a subject that I've, that I've, it's kind of a life message for me, and it's something that's really impacted my life and something that's helped me, and I just want to share it with you. Maybe it'll help you, too, this today. And um, I've entitled it Humility, and it's something that, um, that you can talk about from a lot of different angles, but I just want to hit it from a different angle this morning that I've never done before, and um, I hope it helps you today. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, <clears throat> we'll get started right there. And, um, it's, uh, and also we want to welcome anybody online today too. Um, we're very glad that you join in with us and very grateful that you joined to, to be a part of this worship experience today. So as you turn your Bibles, um, I want to talk about humility in a way that, that affects other people and not just myself. And not just um, taking care of myself and and dealing with my own self, but also it, it actually helps other people. And that's what I want to communicate to you today. And out of Philippians chapter 2, and in verse 1 is where I'm going to start at, it says that, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And what I want to talk to you about is, is how we sometimes get focused on our own life and our own problems and our own stuff Maybe they're not problems we're focused on. Maybe we're focused on good things. Maybe we're just focused on taking care of our family, taking care of things around our home. And sometimes in all of that, we lose focus of what the, the real meaning of life is, and that is to serve other people and to help other people along the way. And in the Bible, the Good Samaritan uh, helped people. And a lot of other people passed by them, though. A lot of people just walked by them and, and didn't even think about helping them because they were focused on getting to the next town, getting wherever they had set out that day to go and whatever they had set out to do. But I believe that true humility, biblical humility rather, is found in helping people and serving other people. Now, when I first say the word humility to a lot of people, um, a lot of times our first thing is, well, we think of the opposite of it, right? We think of pride, right? And when I think of pride a lot of times, and you may be the same way, we think as somebody arrogant and, you know, they, they walk around strutting around. You know, you've seen somebody walk like that. They look like an idiot. And they're the only ones that don't know it. And they walk around like there's something and, and they're really not that. They might can do some things, but they're not, they're not that great of a person. And if you don't know this person, that there's chances are that you are that person. And there's a good chance that you are that person that's, that's in pride and, and are arrogant. But we, we as people of God... We need to know how to to relate to people and to to honor people and to in all the busyness of life and all the things that we got going in our life, we need to slow down and, and look, okay, is this rooted in selfish ambition? Because it says here that let me read it to you real quick again, just a couple of passages. Therefore, if there is any com consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, 
if any affection and mercy, if there's any of it in you, if there's any mercy in you, if there's any affection in you, you'll do these next things that he's talking about here. And he says, Fulfilled my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. So anything you do on a daily basis, you need to check and see if I'm doing it out of selfish ambition or conceit. Am I doing this to, to promote myself? Am I doing this to to get ahead myself and I'm not worried about other people or not concerned about other people's concerns or even if they prosper in life. But I'm just concerned about my own prosperity and my own well-being. That is pride in our hearts. And I don't think we see it that way a lot of times. I think we don't, we just, again, we see pride as somebody that's arrogant and that's cocky and they're all these things. And we miss this area in our in our lives that, that is really destructive to us and destructive to our lives and destructive to our well-being is basically just being focused on ourselves and our own our own our own things we got going on. How many of y'all are pretty busy? Pretty busy. Most of you are pretty busy. Probably all of us are pretty busy. And we all got a lot of things going on and we all got things that we need to accomplish and and we got things that we should accomplish on a daily basis. Things that we we need to take care of our homes. We need to take care of our kids. We need to take care of whatever responsibilities that you have in life you need to take care of those things but when we get caught up in the rat race and we get caught up in and I've got to take care of myself and I don't have time for anybody else I don't have time for to help anybody else no matter what situation they're in that's pride in our lives and we we get pulled down by pride in our lives and it, it's it's detrimental and it's deadly to us and it, it can it can hurt us um, in the long run in our lives and, and a lot of times have you ever been frustrated because you're not accomplishing what you thought you should be accomplishing or what you should have done or had done. And this isn't always the case, but a lot of times, I'm going to say 90%, it's because we're not helping others fulfill their dreams and fulfill their things in their life. And we're just focused on our dreams and we're focused on our ambition and focused on ourselves. And you all wrapped up in yourself makes a very small package that nobody usually wants. That you're you're just focused on yourself and you're you're thinking about yourself. And you know I said this last service <clears throat> that that a lot of our anxiety, a lot of our depression. Now did you hear me say a lot of it? I didn't say all of it. A lot of it is rooted. And I've been depressed before, so I can I, I'm not speaking out of turn here, but. It's rooted in being just selfish and just thinking about myself. What happened to me? You ever had something bad happen to you? Anybody? And you just sulked in it. And what was done to you was completely wrong. There's no question about it. It was wrong. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have said that. They shouldn't have treated you that way. And they shouldn't have done all these things to you. And I'm not minimizing the fact that something bad really happened to you. But the point is, is when we sulk in that and we... It turns into depression, and then it turns into unforgiveness, and then it turns into, it's just a snowball effect. It turns into pride. It turns into all of these things that are deadly to us, and they're killing us, and they're killing our families, and they're killing people around us. And I've had some things happen to me that I thought would never happen, that I thought, man, that'll never happen to me. But it's happened, and it hurt, and it wasn't fun. And But if I sulk in that, it's pride because I'm thinking about myself and I'm thinking about me and I'm thinking about only me. And I'm trying to fix me and I'm doing all this stuff and, and, and that's good to fix yourself. I'm doing things to help myself deal with some unforgiveness that I've had in the past. You ever not wanted to forgive somebody? You ever wanted to hold it over them? We've all done that. And But it's pride in the end. It, the end result is just pride. 
I don't want to go to them and say, man, I forgive you. Or whatever the case may be, whatever you need to do to, to settle the score there, you don't want to do it, and that turns into pride. And a lot of our, again, our selfish ambition, it's, it's rooted in, in us getting ahead in life. And Abraham was a good example in this in Genesis chapter 12 and in verse 2. God said that he, he was going to make him a great nation, and he was going to make him all of these things. And he was going to do all these things. He was going to bless him. He was going to bless all of his, his stuff that he had. His stuff was going to be blessed that he had. And notice what it said. God was going to do that for him. God was going to do that to him. God was going to promote him. He didn't say, here's what he did not say to Abraham. He did not say, Abraham, okay, now you go out and you, you tell everybody that I've chosen you and you're the leader and you're in charge and let everybody know we're going to give you a, a hat. We're going to give you a button that says I'm the boss and I'm in charge of everybody. He didn't do that. But Abraham was humble, and he, he messed up. How many of y'all know Abraham did some mess-ups? He had some kids that, with different people and all kinds of stuff going on there with Abraham. But he was humble. And David, he was humble. He, he had some real mess-ups. I thought I was a mess-up, but he, <laughs> I read the Bible, and I get encouraged because I'm like, man, I'm, I'm almost an angel. Uh, <laughs> after these people, they are some messed-up people in the Bible. Have you ever read the Bible? It'll encourage you. It'll be like, man, uh, I don't even think I sin almost. Uh, I'm like the holiest person here. And it, because they were some messed up people in the Bible, and God still used them because they humbled themselves. And they were, hum they were humble, and they, they uh, might have had some mistakes, and maybe you're in the same position. You've done, made some mistakes, but you need to humble yourself and not get caught up in this rat race. And that's what he did. In, in life, Abraham was a good example of that. And I want to read to you a passage out of Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11:25, And this is talking about how we help people and how we, we can be a blessing to people. And then in return, we, we are also blessed in this, in this cycle of humility. Uh, Proverbs 11:25 says this. It says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. You know, we, we, we go on vacations and things like that, and that's okay, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think we need to get away. I need to get away. Um, I need to do things. I have a, a little thing planned maybe here in a month or two to do to just get away and relax and get refreshed and, and all those kinds of things, and that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm saying all that to say this, but real true spiritual refreshment comes from serving other people and helping other people, even when you need the help, even when you're the one that really is in need, even you're, when you're the one that's got all this stuff going on that really needs to be accomplished, true humility is it lays down my life, it lays down my ambition, it lays down my purposes that I have created or even God has given me things to do, but it lays them down and it goes and helps other people and serves other people no matter what it costs you. No matter what it costs you, it doesn't matter. The Bible says that there's no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for other people. And that's, that would be humility. It talks about that in Philippians. If you go on down, verse 4, 5, and 6, it talks about that, how God did that. He laid down his life for us, and it was he didn't count himself to be equal with God and all these things, and he humbled himself as a man and did all these things. And he was humble. God was a humble person. I think we can all agree with that. And the guy I'm talking about here, just to make my point even more, he went in a, a temple. You remember this part about Jesus? He went in a temple with a whip, and he turned over tables, 
and he drove people out with a whip and turned over the money changers table and he was angry he was mad he had he didn't have no issues jesus didn't have no issues he was humble he was the bible says that god is love and the bible says that jesus is he's god and he's they're all they're all one so he's whatever god is jesus is too and but that's why we get mixed up on pride and that's why we miss this part in our lives we miss this area of our lives and we don't realize that we're walking in pride when we're just focused on ourselves and it's not really what you think pride isn't what you think a lot of times um, again we we it is pride to be arrogant and cocky and all those things but that's just a small a very small picture of of pride and that's a a very minor piece of it that's that just expresses itself outwardly and it's an inward thing that's going on in somebody's life and that is a uh, but when we refresh other people we just automatically refreshed. I really can't explain it to you no more than just read it to you that it's actually true. It's true. I've experienced it. I've been a part of it whenever I was maybe down and out. Maybe I was depressed when I was and when I had issues going on, when I had a lot going on. If I just quit what I was doing and went and found somebody to help, it, my issues seemed small. It's like a magnifying glass or a, or a pair of binoculars would be a better example. You just... You, when we're inward focused, we're looking at the binoculars the the, the way that you're, they're designed to look at, and it magnifies everything. And then when we start helping other people, the binoculars get turned around, and it and it just makes everything smaller. It makes our problems smaller, and they seem to diminish, and they seem to go away, and it doesn't seem as much of an issue for us when we're helping people. But that's not going to happen until you start helping other people, until you start serving other people out of your need serve out of your need not out of your abundance you, it's just like giving we we don't give after we pay the bills and we get all of our stuff taken care of and okay now I got $25 left I paid my car payment all my stuff off and now I can give to God that's backwards the kingdom of God is reverse of what your carnal mind would think and my carnal mind would think it's the opposite when you need something you give it away you give what you need and I didn't get any amens on that one. But that's how the Bible works. That's how it works. Whether we, I don't like it sometimes. I don't like it. I'm going to read to a verse of scripture to you that I hate here in a little bit. I hate it. I wish they would tear it out of the Bible or white it out or something. I don't know, but I hate it. I don't really hate it, but it's not good. I don't like to read it. Because it does something on the inside of me that I, I don't want to deal with. You ever had something you didn't want to deal with? Mm-hmm. We all do. you got some things right now you'd like to deal with me probably because I'm fixing to read this passage to you. Proverbs 13.10. And I'm just going to tell you what the King James Bible says because my version is, is different. It says, Only by pride comes contention, but with the well-advised there is wisdom. And that's the uh, King James Version. I think they have the new King James up here. And it says, By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. And the only way... You know what that word only? You know, I went to Bible college and did all these things that that um that the people in the Bible didn't do. But I went and you know what I learned in Bible college about this verse right here? That the word only in that verse actually means only. And it means only by pride comes contention. And the only way I can be contentious with you or having uh, uh, a fight with you or have something, some kind of strife between me and you is if I have pride in my life. And what does that mean? Well, I want to be right, and I'm set out to be right no matter what it costs me, what I look like, what it, what it does to our relationship. 
and what it does to the well-being of our family. And that's what pride is. It causes contention. And that's the only way. There's not 25 scriptures that say, okay, there's 25 ways that, that contention can arise between us. But the Bible says that only by pride, by contention comes. But with the well-advised, there is wisdom. And that's the only way I can have pride in my life is if I'm just, is, that's the only way I can get in there. It, I, it just starts with a, a problem and, and it just snowballs again and it affects me in a lot of ways in my life. And it's, it's, just, it's just deadly. It's just a, something you don't want to deal with. You don't want to have in your life. You want to deal with it, but you don't want to have it in your life. And it's something that, that we all have to deal with every day. It's not something that you're going to walk out of here today and, man, I just, I just got fixed. I'm, over, I'm done. I don't have to worry about it or anything. I'm, I'm over it. And it's something that you're going to have to revisit, something that you're going to have to, to deal with on a continual basis. Because how many of y'all ever, y'all have a job, everybody has a job and does something for a living or you do something, you're around people. That's the main thing. And contention rises when you're around people. You ever notice that? When you're around people, it just seems to happen. Um, in my particular vocation, everybody gets real hot and tired about the end of the week. Contention can rise sometimes because we're tired and, and we're like, one little thing sets us off and or whatever it is that sets you off. But that's really only by pride. It doesn't come by me being tired. It doesn't come by me being wore out. It really comes from pride. And that's why we have trouble dealing with it in our lives is because we don't really know the, the underlying issue in our life. And we don't realize what's really causing some of these problems in our life. Y'all got some problems in your life? Some of you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. I, me too. I got a lot of problems. I'd like to, if I wrote you a list, it'd fill the Bible up probably with my problems that I have. And some of them I've created. And some of them I have not created. And some of them just came. I don't know where they came from. I'd like to find out and find that person. But some of our pro but most of our problems that are that cause contention, that contention comes out of, it's just flat out pride and it's something that we need to deal with on a on a daily basis. I'll read to you another passage out of Luke chapter fourteen. Luke chapter fourteen. And this is Jesus uh a parable that Jesus um it's something that he was just standing in the room and just noticed. Something going on and something happened and he he just he, he started talking to people about this. So I want to read to you out of Luke chapter fourteen and in verse seven. It says, so he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them. So Jesus is, is standing in the room, basically observing what's going on, what's happening, how people are maybe reacting, how people are relating to each other, what, just how the room feels, basically, is what Jesus is doing here. So he kind of figures out how things are going. And he says in verse 8, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man, and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down to the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher, then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted now i don't know about y'all but when i was raised um whenever you went to somebody's house or 
or even at your own house, um, wherever, or maybe you went to a wedding, maybe who knows where you went, somewhere where there was a gathering of people, you, when you walk in the room, you do like Jesus did. You kind of look around, okay, the food's over there, the bathroom's over here, over here's where everybody's going to be sitting, and you kind of just evaluate the, the area and where you're at, and maybe it's a new place or whatever the case may be. But when I was raised up, when we went to somebody's house, um, it was just ingrained in me. I don't know that my parents ever actually just said this to me. I just always known it. I don't know. It was just something that I was taught without being really told. But when we went to somebody's house, you never sat in the man of the house's chair. And it was just an unsaid thing that you didn't do. And um, I don't know um, how that affected your life or if that's the way you were raised, but that's the way I was raised. So I never sat in my own dad's chair. And when I went to somebody else's house, I kind of, looked at the room and I could kind of tell, you know, which room, which chair was the man of the house's chair or the owner of the home or whoever may own the home. Usually you could see a, a chair over there that was really comfy that had a greasy spot on the back of the headrest and that was usually the man of the house's chair. And you didn't sit in that chair. You didn't really want to anyways if it had that spot on the headrest. I, I didn't want to sit there anyways. But the point is, is we give honor where honor is due. And that's what humility is, is giving honor to people that, that, have, that have made a way. They've, they've worked. They've done things to accomplish the things they've accomplished, and we honor those people by not sitting in their chair. And, and I, th I feel like a lot of times just being – I was a youth pastor at one time, and, and being around a lot of young people, I feel like some of these little things that, that are little concepts have been kind of lost in our culture, and I feel like it's just foreign to people. And to me, it's it's kind of normal, and it may be normal to you too. But I feel like some of these things have been just lost in our culture, and, and people don't think nothing of it. When they go into a room, it doesn't matter. They'll just go in there and sit down, and, and the people might be okay with it. It, it could be okay at some of the places you go. But the honorable thing to do is to wait for everybody else to be served. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's whatever. And you just to sit back and let everybody else be served, and then you can partake of whatever it is. And I believe that's what Jesus is saying here in Luke 14, that if you go and elevate yourself, and if you go and take the best of everything wherever you go, it's just like Abraham, he, he had a choice when, whenever him and Lot, they had some land they could divide up, and he gave Lot whatever he wanted. Whatever Lot wanted, he had the choice. He had first pick. So Lot did like a lot of us would do. He seen the nice pastures and the nice field and all these things over there that looked good, and it probably was good lamb. But Abraham just kind of took what was left because he already had this word from God that God was going to take care of him no matter what. No matter what happened, God was going to make him a great nation. It didn't matter if he got this land, that land, this house, this job, whatever it was. And Lot took it, and I think most of us know the end of the story. He ended up pitching his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and he had to be rescued. All these things happened, and all these bad things happened to him because he put himself first, and he took the best of of everything and then all these bad things ended up happening to him and he ended up coming out okay and he ended up staying alive and and a lot of things but the point was he didn't have to go through all that he didn't have a lot of things that we read in the bible didn't have to happen these people that we see that are doing things about they didn't have to happen. they did happen it's true but it didn't have to happen just like in our lives if we just walk in humility a lot of our struggles and a lot of our issues they don't have to happen they don't have to be there and am I, are you are you saying that it's my fault 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's partially my fault. That's what I'm trying to say here. I hope I, that was point blank enough. It's my fault. The Bible says, it doesn't say, Pastor Gabe will come humble you. No, he says to humble yourself. He doesn't say, the worship leader, he'll humble you. I've seen people do that. It ain't, hum, it ain't humble. It's humiliation. When people do it to you, it's humiliation. When you do it to yourself, it's humility, and you're humbling yourself. There's a big difference there. You know, um, I told this story last service, and I was praying about telling it again. And um, I probably I haven't really heard from the Lord yet, so I'll just tell it. Um, <laughs> It was a short window there between services. I didn't have time for him to speak. But anyways, I was um, at work, and I we did this annual thing every year. It's a, it's a blood, not a blood drive, because I wouldn't participate in that. But it's this wellness thing. They take a little vial of blood from you, and they take it back to wherever they go and send it back to you and tell you what all is, you know, if you have something wrong with you, they'll catch it through that blood sample. So... Anyways, um, I'm sitting there, and they did my thing, and I was a little nervous, you know, and stuff like that. I don't really care for that kind of thing, and that's why I'm not a doctor. That's the only reason I'm not a doctor. But um, um, anyway, so they did it, and, you know, they handed me a bottle of water. It's kind of routine for them to hand you something to drink afterwards. So I'm sitting in this chair, and mind you, you may not know this about me, but I do road construction, and um, if you've ever been around those guys, yeah, they're, they're different kind of people. And I hope they're listening to this, too. So, But anyways, so I'm sitting there, and I took a sip of my water, and they said, how do you feel? And I said, you know, I feel a little lightheaded, but I think I'm I'm okay. Well, they said, well, just go ahead and, and sit there, because I kind of have a history here um, behind this story. I have a history here. I've done this before. Anyways, all of a sudden, um, this guy's telling me, he's, he's kind of hit me on the face and saying, don't don't feel bad. Don't feel humiliated or don't feel um, bad. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And and I had no clue what he was talking about. And then I looked around and my bottle of water that I was sipping on was laid in the floor and scattered everywhere. And I was laying in the floor passed out in front of everybody. And I, then I realized, okay, I know what you're talking about. I know why you're saying not to not to feel humiliated here. And my shirt's all up in the air and everybody's seeing everything. That, that I don't even, I wear a shirt when I go swimming. I don't even take my shirt off when I swim. Nobody sees me. These clothes are for a reason. And anyways, that's the difference, though. That's humiliation. I was a little humiliated. I'm friends with most of those guys, and it wasn't really that big a deal. But there's a difference between me humbling myself and humiliation. Humiliation is done to me, and I don't think God did that to me or nothing like that. I, I did it to myself because I... I hate that stuff, and I I got to get over it. Um, but it's just something that that uh, we don't have to go that way. We don't have to go that route. We don't have to be humbled by other people. And I've heard people teach things that you know God's humbling you be, and making you broke and all this stupid stuff that's not in the Bible and unbiblical. And maybe you heard that or been taught that or whatever, but it's not true. Humility is something that we do and something that we humble ourselves. And we humble ourselves under God so he can lift us up. He can't lift us up until we do that. He can't. See, we're hindering God from doing what he wants to do in our lives until we do what he's already told us to do in his word. A lot of us are going through life and praying and saying, God, why isn't this happening? And, and I'm included in all this. I, I'm, a, I'm a big whiner. Um, and we're going through life and praying and asking God, why isn't this happening? Why is this happening to me and all this stuff? And God is just whispering in your ear saying, it's me, I'm resisting you because you haven't humbled yourself. And you're not, the Bible says in James 4, 6, that 
that he that God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. How, which one of those scenarios sound better to you? Being resisted by God or getting more grace because you're humble? Which one of y'all? Let's have a little short vote. I know we're not a voting. We are never going to be a voting church, but I want, I, want, I want more grace, right? How do you need more grace? We need grace. We've got to have God's grace to make it through life. We've got to have it. We can't, if you think you can do things on your own and you're not depending on God, that's just another area of pride in our hearts. But for me, a lot of times when I hear the word resist, or I read this in the, in the, in the scriptures, and I read it says that God resists me, it, it really breaks my heart when I read that because it's like I'm doing something to cause God to resist me. I want to stop that immediately. Whatever, whatever I got to do, I want to make a change right now. And, and I'm not fully sure what it means completely, but I know it's not a good thing. And we need to um, just be humble. We ain't got to worry about it. We ain't got to worry about figuring out what that really even means. We don't, it doesn't really matter if you're just humble. You're never going to be resisted, so nothing to worry about. And that's how I view that scripture. Even though I don't fully know what it means, I just know I don't want to be there. I don't want to be resisted by God. And I don't think he quits fellowshipping with you. I want to tell you some things that I don't think it means, and I know it don't mean. He doesn't quit loving you. He doesn't quit talking to you. He doesn't quit doing all these things because that would make no sense. If, he, if resisting meant that I'm going to quit talking to you, how am I ever going to help you if I don't talk to you, right? So God's not quitting fellowshipping with you by resisting. Oh, that's not what it means. It just means that he's not allowing you to, to proceed in some of the things that you set out to do because they're rooted in selfish ambition, like it said in Philippians 2, that they're, it's selfish. It's just you. It's not him. It's, it's you wanting to do these things, and it's you wanting to, to do whatever you're trying to do in your life. You're wanting to make a name for yourself, and you're wanting to do all these things. And it's something that that I think it always goes back to to just an inward thing that has an outward expression. That's what I think humility is. It's something we do on the inside. It's something we do when nobody's watching. We help people when nobody's watching. We don't do it for recognition. But eventually we do get recognized. And I want to read a passage to you that um, talks about that, and it's in Proverbs 27, uh, 2. If you want to turn there, in Proverbs 27, 2, it talks about what happens when we're humble. And I believe this is what happens to us when we humble ourselves. It says, Let another man praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. Now, Andrew even said it earlier, you can worship in your own way. You does, raising your hands isn't the only way to worship, isn't the only way to praise and, and do things. Obviously, it's not talking about me going around saying, oh, oh, um, praise Aaron, praise the name of Aaron, oh, praise Aaron. It's not talking about that. That's, that's ridiculous. And anyways, it's not talking about that, and it's not talking about people going around praising me in the sense of just lifting me up like they worship God. But people just complimenting you, people just saying, hey, that's a good job. I know people that struggle with receiving a compliment. I know people that struggle with saying thank you. That's what you're supposed to say when somebody compliments you. And I struggle with it in the past. Instead of instead of saying things, you know, like, oh, yeah, it wasn't really, that wasn't, that wasn't me or whatever you want to say. That's what the Bible refers to as false humility. And it's fake. It's not real. It looks like humility. It kind of sounds like it. And it sounds good that you're saying that you're poor, you're saying that you're this, or you're saying that I'm nothing. But it's not real true humility because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that, that you're a new creation. 
And if you say something different, well, it's false. It's not real. It's not true about you. And you may not have known that. Maybe that's why you're saying these things about yourself. And But that's humility, is letting people talk good about you. It's letting people, allowing people, it says to let another man praise you and not your own lips. And, you know, there's two things that we can take out of this passage that we just have to let people, if they want to talk good about us, just let them. And you wouldn't think that'd be an issue. Most of the time, uh, we don't think about that being an issue, but it is for some people. They have an issue with you complimenting them. They have an issue with you saying you've done a good job. They have an issue with that. It's just hard for them to receive. Maybe they've been beat down their whole life. Maybe they've, who knows what's happened to them that's caused them to, to react to compliments that way. But in the end, it's, it's false. It's not real. It's, 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 uh, that's even pride in our own hearts. And I don't think we see that side of, of pride a lot of times. We don't view it in our lives. We don't see that as pride, us not being able to receive something good and us not to be able to, to receive something that we didn't deserve maybe. You know that you wouldn't even be saved if you had to wait till you deserved it. You couldn't be saved if you waited on you to be good enough or you to deserve it or you to be worthy enough or whatever. That's, and, and people say things like, well, if I went to church, the, it would burn down. They probably had a party here last night or something. Who knows? They, they use this thing all week for different things. And it's not about the building. It's not, that's not what it's about. We have to humble ourselves and, and to um, do things that, that aren't, don't feel, they may not feel right. They may not feel carnal. And what I'm saying by that, this is not our church. We don't have parties. I'm saying that they rent this out to other people and they do whatever they want in here. I'm just making the point that this isn't the church. This doesn't have to do with whether you're good enough to come in this building or not. And you have to humble yourself to, to, to realize that, to even receive salvation from God and to receive, receive God's forgiveness in your life. And that's a, that's a struggle for people because they think they're so unworthy. They think they're so not good enough. They think all these things that, again, maybe their whole life they was told that. Who knows what the backstory is on people's lives and people's situations and we have to, to realize that. It goes all the way back to Philippians at the beginning of the message that we have to realize what other people's interests are and what other people's and not just get caught up in my own interest and in my own thing and my own life and what I want out of life and what I want to do in life. But we have to think about other people because there's people that have wrong mindsets and we can't just go around being mean to them and, and tell them, you got to change. We need to help those people. We need to show interest in those people and that's how they get changed, and that's what this is all about. It's about helping people. It's not about just a task. It's not about this. It's not about uh, filling a, a role or whatever, however your mind works. And it's about people, and it's about helping people no matter what it costs you. It doesn't matter. You know, a lot of people make decisions in life based on this. They, they say, well, what's it going to cost me? What's this going to, is this going to, you know, how's this going to affect me? And if you make a decision based on that, you're not going about it God's way. And I'm not saying we never count the cost. The Bible talks about counting the cost when we're building a building or whatever we're doing. But when you always look at yourself and how it affects me if I make this decision or if I do this or if I, what if I start helping this person, my neighbor, or whoever it is? What if I do it and I don't have time to watch Grey's Anatomy or whatever junk you watch on TV? I don't know. But I'm sorry if that offended you, but... Um, I don't even know what Grace. I've never seen it, but I'm a, more of a Chicago PD fire person. That's kind of my shows. If y'all like those shows, 
you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. So, anyways, it, we we get caught up in ourselves, and we I want to I got to get home at nine o'clock and watch Chicago PD. I got to get home at nine o'clock and watch Chicago Fire or whatever or the Andy Griffith Show. I actually have all the DVDs, so I can watch it whenever I want. But we get caught up in what we want is my main point, and we get caught up in ourselves and wrapped up in ourselves and wrapped up in what our desires are and the things that we're trying to accomplish in life. And it's, it's, it sneaks in on us, and it, it affects us in a way that, that we don't realize. And, and I want to show you one more passage right here before we uh, wind it down. In, in Romans chapter 12 and in verse 2, he talks about how, how again, how we relate to other people and how we should, how we should um, talk to other people and how we, should, how we should basically have relationship with other people. But in Romans chapter 12... Romans chapter 12, it talks about, um, I'll get there in a minute. I don't hear none of your pages turn anyway, so I'll, I'm ahead, way ahead of y'all, unless you have some kind of device. Romans chapter 12 says this. In Romans 2, 12, 2, it says, And do not be, conf- let me, sorry, uh, let me skip down to verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And he says not to think more highly of myself than I ought to. And that could take a lot more than 11 minutes of explaining, which is what I have left. But it, it could go a lot, of, a lot of different ways there. But the point is, is we don't need to be thinking about ourselves more highly than, than what we really need to be thinking about ourselves. And it says to think soberly and to, to be soberly minded. And for me, the best scenario for me to, to explain that to you and for me to even relate to it myself is if somebody's ever been drunk, now don't raise your hand if you have, but I'm not asking you to do that, but some of you know, you've heard what it's like to be drunk. And you kind of, you've maybe seen somebody that's drunk before, and they really don't know, sometimes they don't know where they're at, sometimes they can't walk. Um, there's a lot of symptoms to this, which I don't recommend you partaking in. I suggest you be humble and sober. But there's a lot of things that go that happen with drinking, um, so I've heard. And anyways, people don't have good judgment. Their judgment slows down, things like that. And when we are constantly thinking about ourselves and inwardly focused on ourselves, we get drunk on ourselves. We're not thinking right. We get drunk on our problem. We get drunk on whatever we get drunk on our situation we get drunk on i was done wrong and and i should that shouldn't happen to me and and uh that i'm I'm just mad at them and i'm drunk on it and what i mean by that is you're not thinking clearly you're not thinking about where's that person come from i've had somebody hurt me one time and come to find out they had some horrible things happen to them in the past and if i'd have known that in the time it would have helped me deal with them a lot easier i wouldn't have been as offended at them i wouldn't have been as mad at them but instead, we get drunk on the problem, and we're not thinking clearly, and we go and say things and do things that we regret later, and we get, we get to thinking about ourselves, like, I need revenge, I need this, I need justification, I need, I'm the worst person in the world. I had my house um, about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, got broken into, and come to find out, it might have been an inside job, and I'm not going to tell you who that was, but I'm kind of an investigator. I watch Chicago PD and stuff, and and <laughs> so... I took Facebook, and I put all this stuff together. And I was like, okay, she's friends with them and them and them. Yep, they did it. I know who did it now. 
I know who broke into my house. And anyways, they, they, uh, so I watched Chicago PD, so I was like, you know what? I'm fixing to go kick some doors down and find out who did this. And I've never been in a fight in my life, so this is not going to end well if I go kick somebody's door down. I've really never been in a fight. It looks like I have right now. But anyways, I wasn't thinking soberly. I was wanting justification. I was wanting to get back at them. And, and maybe something will happen to them. Maybe they'll get picked up. I don't know if that's even the person. But the point is, the Bible says that in Proverbs that, that a thief has to return. It's either seven or sixfold. I'm not sure which one. I'll take seven. I'll go with seven because I like that better. But he says that they have to return it. And, you know, I had some stuff stolen from me another time, and I got like 20 times back from what I stole. I didn't get it back from that person. It just came another way. But if you just trust God and not try to take things into your own hands, you'll get it. You'll get what you need. You'll get paid back. You'll get whatever it is. Instead of going and kicking down doors or stupid stuff like that, I probably got shot and Gabe would have had to find somebody else to do this today. That'd have been bad. I'd have been in the hospital, get my blood drawn again, and it'd have been a, it'd have been a bad deal. Anyway, you look at it, it wouldn't have worked out well for me. But anyways. We don't think clearly when we're mad. We don't think clearly when we're thinking about getting justice. We don't think clearly. We're just drunk on a problem because because of we're not thinking of other people. You know those people that broke into my house. They 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 may have had a bad home life. They may have got raised up with somebody that that's all they knew was stealing, and doing drugs or whatever goes along with all that. And that may be all they know. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have to go to jail for that. I'm not saying there shouldn't be justice for that. But it's not my job to do that. It's not my job to go to go and have justice and to and to make things right. I'm just going to sit back and get my seven sevenfold. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to sit back and get it because I believe I'm going to take the word of God and the word of God's going to work for me. I'm not going to go out and do my own thing. But that's what happens. We just get so deluded and our minds are so drunk on that problem. And we need to sober up. We need to sober up spiritually, is what I'm saying here. We need to start thinking clearly. And when we start thinking clearly, we'll think about other people's interest before we think about our own. And as the worship team comes this morning, I want to challenge you with some things that I think will be beneficial to you today or as this week, as you, as you get up in the morning, as you're going to work, as you're going to do whatever your daily routine is. I want to challenge you to whoever, maybe somebody's done you wrong, maybe maybe you have just been inwardly focused and thought about myself and thinking about my desires and thinking about how how poorly I've been treated. Maybe you wake up every morning and think about that. Maybe you wake up every morning depressed. Maybe you wake up every morning, you fill in the blank with whatever thing is weighing you down and, and causing, causing this inward focus in your life. But I want you to get up every morning and think about one person that you can help that day. Maybe it's somebody you don't think even deserves it. Maybe it's somebody that has hurt other people. But the reason they're hurting people is because they're hurt hurt people hurt people and that's why we hurt people sometimes because we're just thinking about our hurt we're, we're drunk on it so the only way this process will ever happen is it starts with us is us it takes humility to go help somebody that we really don't believe needs help but we were all just like the song says we were that one that God went after we were that one person that God went after he left the 99 and he went after you and he came after me when we were in a, a state of mind that was not good and as the prayer team comes to this morning, if you need prayer for anything today, I want to encourage you, if you don't know the Lord, if you want to get saved, come pray with them. They can lead you in a prayer that will change your life forever. So I want to give you that opportunity today and just 
if, if you don't need anything, just, just worship and have a good time with God. So I just want to wish you to have a good week and, and go help somebody.